This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. We're going to take our copy of God's Word and stand. Can we do that? Can we do that? Whatever it is, if it's an iPad, an iPhone, if it's a Bible, whatever you have, you just take it and stand and uh, relax and get real comfortable. I'm going to preach a long, long time. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, all right. But I do want to share a verse with you. This is what it says. It says, the name of the Lord. That word, Lord, there is the Hebrew word Yahweh, used 6,823 times in the Bible. It means Jehovah. Translated, it means Jehovah. But you got to get this, folks. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, they run to it, and they're safe. If there's something that we're searching for, we're searching for safety. I just want to be safe, Pastor. I understand that. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it, and they're safe. My My mind goes back 20 years to the Twin Towers. And those towers collapse in about 40 minutes apart. And those men running from the collapsed tower, and what rode in my mind, we're all running from a tower. We're running from towers. You've got a tower in your life. I've got towers in my life. We're all, we've all got towers. But all I want you to see is there's a tower that you can run to. There's a tower that you can run to. The name of the Lord. Isn't that good, folks? And then the Bible says this. 1 Samuel 17, 45 said, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But look, I come to you in the name of the Lord. (laughs) I come to you in the name of the Lord. Look, of host. What does that little word, pastor, host, mean? It's the Hebrew word saba, T-S-A-B-A. This is what it means. The Lord, our warrior. The Lord, our warrior. The God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee and give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. (laughs) And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear. Here's what I want you to hear. For the battle is the Lord's. <laughs> For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. The name of the Lord, Jehovah Saba. The Lord 
our warrior. There was a little boy that was constantly bullied. Every day as he would walk to school, this bully would meet him on the path and beat him up. So he decided that he would take a different path. And the bully found out that path, and he beat him up. And so he decided to get him a stick. <laughs> so he uh, tucked the stick, and the bully tucked the stick away from him and beat him up. So the next day, he goes to school, and he sees the bully, and he clenches his fist, and he says to the bully, come on. And the bully said, I can't believe this. <laughs> so he starts toward the little boy. And as he starts toward the little boy, from a massive oak tree, behind it, out steps a man. He's 6'5". He's 275 pounds. <laughs> He's the little boy's daddy. See, the little boy <laughs> got courage when he realized Daddy was with him. And I want you to understand something. You can be courageous when you understand that the Lord is with you. You can be courageous when you understand the Lord is our warrior. The Lord is our warrior. Now, in Exodus chapter 17... The Israelites were battling the Amalekites. They were battling down in a valley. The leader Moses was up on a mountain. He was looking over the battle. And the Bible says this, every time Moses lifted his rod toward heaven, the Israelites were winning the battle. But the Bible says this, he got weary and tired. And sometimes we get weary and tired. And he got tired. But he noticed as he dropped the rod, he dropped his arm the Amalekites started winning the battle. So there were two men. One was named Aaron. The other was named Hur. And they put Moses on a rock. And they got under him. And they lifted and held his arms up. This is all I'm going to say, folks. I'm grateful for streaming. I am so grateful for everyone that's watching. But let me tell you something. I don't think we need to dismantle church for all eternity. <laughs> because this is what I know. We need somebody to lift our arms up. We need somebody to come alongside of us. We need somebody to help us. We need somebody to encourage us. And you can't always get that just sitting in front of a screen. 
So I want to go on record as saying today, if anybody's unclear, I believe that we need church. Now, here's what I want you to see, folks. There's a battle. There's a battle that's going on down there. It's, it's taking place down there. But I want you to know this. The battle is taking place. It's fought down there. But the battle is won up there. Get this, folks. The battle may be fought down there, but the battle is won up there. <laughs> See, that's why the Bible says this in Ephesians 6 and 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle is taking place down here, but it's won up there. See, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. This is so important. The problems that you face have less to do with people and more to do with the demonic powers of hell. They have less to do with people and more to do with the demonic powers of hell. Somebody said, Pastor, it's terrible what's going on. God caused all this. God didn't cause any of this. I want you to see four things. Four things. The first thing I want you to see is the anatomy of the giant. The anatomy of the giant. Let me explain this giant to you, folks. Uh, he, was, uh, uh, he was big enough to eat hay and dumb enough to enjoy it. <laughs> this giant was nine feet, six inches tall. This giant's armor weighed 175 pounds. Where did giants come from, Pastor? Well, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, that angels came down. Demonic angels came down and had relations with the daughters of men. And we have giants because of it. They had giants because of it. And if you remember... Joshua and Caleb went, Caleb went to spy out the land, and they were giants there. Now, here's what I want you to see. In life, folks, in life, somebody said, Pastor, it's just name it, claim it, believe it, receive it, health and wealth, blab it and grab it. If you believe that, don't sleep on your side tonight. Your brains will roll out your ears. Don't, don't, don't walk through the woods. Don't walk through the woods slowly. The squirrels will eat you. You're nuts. Here's what I want you to understand, folks. Life is about hardships. It's about struggles. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, you and, you and Miss Barbara ever uh, argue? Oh, Lord, no, never. But, boy, we have some intensive fellowship sometime. That's called life, folks. 
It's just called life. You just that, that's just that's just the normal cycle of life. Just you go through struggles. You say even in the preacher's home. Oh goodness gracious! Even in the preacher's home, get real. Can you imagine living with anybody who's as opinionated as I am? Sure, in the preacher's home. Sure, it's called life. But look here, folks. You go through normal life, but get this down. Every once in a while, a giant shows up. Now, look. You, you, no, no, wait. No, I'm 55 years old. You go through normal life. You deal with the problems of life. But every once in a while, a giant shows up. And let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. He wants to control your focus. He will see, hey, 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 let me, let me tell you something I bet you've never thought about, but perhaps you have. The Israelites had defeated the Philistines before. The Israelites had defeated the Philistines before. They were lined up. They defeated them before. But notice, they got focused on the giant. The biggest object in the solar system is the sun. But if you put two quarters in front of your eyes, you can't see it. Because get this down. What the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to focus on that giant instead of focusing on your God. He wants you to focus on that situation instead of focusing on your Savior. He wants you to focus on that chaos instead of focusing on your Christ. Not only do I see focus, but I see freeze. You say, what are you talking about, freeze? Well, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 and 11, they were greatly afraid. They were paralyzed. They were frozen. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to paralyze you. Because if he can paralyze you, he can keep you from being everything that God wants you to be. Hank Aaron was a baseball player. Hank Aaron. He was a great hitter. He was the home run champ. As far as I'm concerned, he still is. He was the home run champ. There was a rookie pitcher one time that was going up against Hank. And the hind catcher said, give me the curveball. And that old pitcher said, shuck him off. He said, Give me your slider. I don't picture. Shuck him off. He said, give me your fastball. Picture, no, no. He said, give me your knuckleball. And finally, the hind catcher called time out. And he said, wait, friend. You don't have but four pitches. You shuck me off every time. He said, I guess I just wanted to hold the ball as long as I could. <laughs> Let me tell you what. If you get focused on your giant, it will cause you to hold the ball. It will cause you to hold the ball. See, I see focus. I see freeze. But I want you to see something else. I want you to see freedom. I want you to see freedom. You, you, you got to understand what the enemy wants. You've got to understand what the giant wants in your life and in my life. 
Let's, hey, let's do this today. Let's let him speak to us. The giant said, if you be able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But the giant said, wait. But if I prevail and kill him, then all Israel can be our servants. What the enemy wants, he wants you to be a servant. Many are servants to bitterness, to addiction, to guilt, to your past, to a low self-esteem. Many are addicted to social media. Many are addicted to other people's opinions, video games, food, job, a credit card. And the enemy wants to keep you addicted. The enemy does not want you to be free. But the Bible says in John 8 and 36 that Jesus, if he's made you free, you can be free indeed. You can be free indeed. Let me give you a thought. The children of Israel were in bondage. 400 years. But you understand something. They were God's people. They were God's chosen people, but they were in bondage. You can be God's people. You can be God's people and be in bondage because the enemy wants to keep you in bondage to whatever's pulling you down. See, I see the anatomy of the giant, but I see something else. I see the attitude toward the giant. The attitude toward the giant. See, here's what happened. That giant was standing out there. That giant was standing out there. And somebody said, David, he's so big he could hurt you. And David said, no, <laughs> he's so big I can't miss. He's so big I can't miss. He's so big I can't miss. See, I want you to get this, folks. Samuel, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 4, Samuel called him a champion. He did it again in verse 23, a champion. David never called him a champion. He called him an uncircumcised Philistine, an uncircumcised Philistine. Now, now listen, I just want you to see two things. Number one, I want you to see the power of words. I want you to see the power of words. I want you to see that death and life is in the power of your tongue. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. There was a pitcher. His name was Gaylord Perry. He was a pitcher. He was a knuckleball pitcher. How many of you can remember Gaylord Perry? Yes. Every man that raised his hand is either gray or bald. <laughs> and some are both. <laughs> and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not picking on any guys. Don't get that. If you're bald, glory. Cheap furniture don't come with a marble top. Amen? 
Amen. <laughs> Got a brother on the front row about ready to shout. All right. <laughs> Gaylord Perry said this in 1963. See, Gaylord was a good knuckleball pitcher, but with a bat, folks, he couldn't bust a grape. He couldn't bust a grape with a bat. And you know what he said in 1963? He said, they'll put a man on the moon before I ever hit a home run. This is documented. July the 20th, 1969, Gaylord Perry hit his first and only home run. A few hours later, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Quit putting yourself down. Quit telling yourself you can't. Quit telling yourself you're nobody. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Start saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want you to see the power of words, but I want you to see something else. Your perspective of your status, your perspective of your status. And by the way, let me give you a news flash. I'm not going to be done by 12. Well, I know all about it. I see them. Shaking Mickey Mouse, worried about, worried about the Baptist beating them to the restaurant. Now, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. I wouldn't say anything offensive in any way. If anybody knows me, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of person. But this is all I want to say. This giant was nine feet, six inches tall. David was just a little boy. You remember, David didn't call him a champion. I wouldn't say anything out of line in front of your family with no way. But David called him an uncircumcised Philistine. That shows you the view he had. I'm not saying anything out of line. I'm not. If you, if, if you think I'm trying to be edgy and cool, no, no, I'm, I'm not one of them, by the way. I'm not trying to see how Joe cool and edgy I can be. That's not me. I don't apologize just for being an old-fashioned preacher. No, I don't apologize for it. You say, I wish he'd be a better teacher. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm not so much a teacher, I'm a preacher. You say, well, what's the difference? Uh, a, a teacher tells it and a preacher yells it. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. I can't help it. That's who I'm created. If I go to a ball game, I'm just like I am now. But look, you know why he was so confident? Because he knew that on the eighth day, a Jewish boy is circumcised. And he knew on the eighth day that that means God's blessing and God's protection and God's anointing and God's hand and God's touch. But he also knew that this uncircumcised Philistine don't have the blessing of God. He knew that I'm a child of God. And what you need to remind yourself, you are God's child. Now, let me give you the third thing I want you to see. 
That is the approach of the giant. The Bible says this. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 48, he ran to meet the giant. Two things I want to say fast. Number one, do all you can. You say, Pastor, I've got a giant in front of me. Do all you can. Do all you say, well, no, no, you just pray. Well, wait. He prayed, but he went to the brook of Elah and picked up five stones. You do all you can. You say, but pastor, I'm wanting God to move that mountain. Let me, don't you ask God to move that mountain unless you're willing to pick up a shovel. Do all you can. You have a responsibility. If your hand offends you, you cut it off. If your eye offends you, you pluck it out. Do all you can. A Catholic priest and a rabbi go to a boxing match. They, they go to this boxing and this boxing, and that's something I've never understood. Why is something just as square as can be, and they call it a ring? They go to this boxing match, and apparently the boxer was Catholic because before the, before the match, he goes, and the rabbi says to the Catholic priest, will that help him? He said, if he's a good boxer. <laughs> oh, pastor, I'm asking God to give me a job. Put in an application. You have a part. And then the second thing I want you to do is you totally trust God. You totally trust God. You know, when that scripture said he's the Lord of hosts in 1 Samuel 17 and 45, that word host, it actually means this. Almighty warrior, line of Judah, captain of the armies of heaven. I love what Ben Carson said. He said, you do, the, you do your best and let God do the rest. The last thing I want you to see is the after the giant. The after the giant. Wait. You're going to, whatever you're going through right now, I've got good news. You're going to get past it. You're going to get over it. You're going to get through it. God, you said, but Brother Benny, I'm walking. Look, if you said, Pastor, you don't understand, I'm walking through hell. What do you recommend? Keep walking. Just keep walking. If you're walking through hell, just keep walking. You're going to get through it. I promise you. But you need to understand something. You need to understand after the giant. Get this. David gets five stones and he takes one of those stones and he starts running toward that giant. I have young men say to me and young ladies all the time, will you work with me on leadership? I want to be a leader. And this is what I say to them. You better understand why 
you want to be a leader. And look here. If it's about you in any capacity, you want to be a leader for the wrong reason. If it's about you in any capacity, you want to be a leader for the wrong reason. Now, David knocks that giant out. And then he takes Goliath's sword. And he cuts his head off. Now, look. After he took that sword and cut his head off, here comes all his buddies. Here comes all the army of Israel. But when he went up against that giant, he was all alone. I have been preaching for decades. And if you live long enough for Jesus, everything and everybody that you put your confidence in will fail you. If you live long enough for Jesus, everything and everybody you've put your confidence in will fail you. You will face your giant all alone. Well, how do I handle my giant? David took that sword. He cut that big head off. And then he grabbed that head. Somebody said, David, where are you going? He said, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. What are you going to do with that big head? I'm going to Jerusalem. And I'm going to put that big head up in the church. Because I want the people to see what the Lord has done. I want the people to see what the Lord has done. You say, Pastor Benny, why did we install a 120-foot cross on this campus? Because I want the people to see what the Lord has done. I want the people to see what the Lord has done. But he said, no, wait. The head is going to church. But that sword, it's going to my house. I'm taking that sword, and I'm putting that sword in my tent. <laughs> because I want a constant reminder of what the Lord has done for me. I want a constant reminder of what the Lord has done for me. I want a constant reminder, folks, of what the Lord has done for me. This is, this is all I'm going to say. I promise. But the Bible says after he killed the giant in 1 Samuel 17 and 53, it said the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines and they spoiled their tents. Jeff Dawes, the pastor of Stockbridge Community Church, he's right over here. He's one of my best friends. You know what that means, Jeff? 
They spoiled their tents. They took back what the enemy had taken. <laughs> they took back what the enemy has taken. Let me tell you something, folks. The enemy has taken enough for you. But I want you to know that God can restore what the locusts have eaten. If we've got a giant today, giant may be our marriage, giant may be our finances, giant may be our health, whatever the situation is, we need to run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. We need to. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be controlled by that in your life. You can be free. You can be free. You can be free. You can be free. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make, and thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.